0: Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and today we have on a special guest from the future. We have Josh Crawford from verb.io. How are you doing, Josh? Very
1: well. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and Josh works at an agency called Verb. And one of the things that you have been focused on at Verb is making craft plugins. My understanding is you do client work as well, but one of the big things that you do is plugins. So, Josh, if you were out at Lake Boomingen, up at Fraser Island, and your feet are, are dangling in the crystal blue water, and then you see the red stain from the tea tree is kind of inching towards your leg, you've got these nice white pants on, you don't want them to get them stained. Someone says, "Hey, listen, Josh." what is this Vizzy plugin- that you just released what would you tell them
1: <laughs> oh, I love your analogies I get so lost in the in the setup that I've just forgotten uh, this, why the stand is it's creeping it's
0: creeping towards your <laughs> pants man you got get you gotta answer it quick uh so so what
1: is what is busy or um or what is verb did you say
0: what is busy i was, I was
1: just so lost so <laughs> it, it's a it's a hard one to explain to i suppose a lot of people in that you sort of need to visualize it in, in some sort of fashion to to really get understanding but essentially what it is is it's a flexible content editor for craft cms so it's similar to some people might be familiar with the term WYSIWYG or what you see is what you get editor or a rich text editor so it's sort of one part, WYSIWYG. So, you know, you can bold stuff, format stuff, add headings, add images, add links, pretty much everything that's sort of standard in most online platforms and content management system these days. And then the other part of it is kind of a mixture of Matrix, which is, again, if you, people haven't used Craft, they might be thinking, well, what's Matrix? You know, that's, that's really allows you to add, it adds in that functionality that you get with matrix with blocks. So you can have additional custom fields inside blocks, and then you can sort of lay those within co- within sort of the, the formatted WYSIWYG content. So it's kind of this weird sort of hybrid mesh of sort of two sort of things at once, which, yeah, it's been interesting
0: to work on. But the end goal, my understanding, is to provide a nice UX for content authors that are making long form content, right? That's that's kind of what this thing is for?
1: That's exactly right. So the, the reason that we we started doing it was that look. I guess until this point, we've been using a combination and, and similar. I'm sure a lot of people are in a very similar situation using a combination of Matrix, Neo, Super Table, Redactor, I suppose, which just works okay. It's more that a few. There's there's definitely a few things that it addresses. It's sort of that a lot of our clients have a really long form content, like really right. long form content where you're talking like maybe a hundred or two hundred sort of blocks, sort of per post and when when you start getting into those levels it just gets really really difficult to tell even just where you are in the control panel when you're yeah. editing content, uh, you just get a bit lost in sort of an ocean of the grey-blue sort of that control panel has. And even even with sort of nested, we, we use Neo a little bit, even sort of with nested Neo blocks, it just gets visually really difficult to tell. So so that's, I'm not saying it's busy the the perfect solution, but we spent sort of six months testing out sort of different ideas and different approaches, and this is sort of the one that we settled on. And I'll be very honest that we probably started and stopped development about maybe six times <laughs> because we we were just like, or well, me in particular, we're, was just we were, I was just looking at this, going, "Are people actually going to even use this? Will it be useful, or am I just wasting my time here, sort of doing something cool?" So yeah, it's been I, really interesting to see what um, what sort of people have said, and a lot of people have yeah written to me privately saying this is amazing, <laughs> it's just what we wanted. So it's it's been encouraging, but yes, there was definitely a lot of a lot of doubt there early on, where I just I really wasn't sure if this was going to be. Why
0: right? a different take on it? josh i knew hmm. that people would want this thing but i actually remember talking to you when we were down in australia about oh wow it's over a year ago already and i was like ah like you know uh, pixel tonic says they're gonna do this anyway like don't do it josh don't do it because they're, they're gonna do it anyway and you're like yeah 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 i know i know but you know I, our clients really need this. And I get it. Like, I I understand. I feel your pain. Like the, the matrix block solution. One of the reasons we use it is th- the worst case is that we give the client just a rich text field, right? And say, put all your content in there. And one of the reasons why that is not a great solution is it's not structured at all. It may seem like it's what the client wants at the time because they're like, oh, this is great. It's like a word processor. I know how to use this, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't really take advantage of the power of structuring the data in an organized way. And so then, you know, the the matrix block solution where you can make a bunch of matrix blocks that works okay, as long as you don't have too many of them is as you mentioned, some of your clients, you end up with so many matrix blocks that it's like matrix soup, like how do they even find the stuff that's there? And I I sort of feel like the matrix solution was best in class, but that was like 2016. And Mm. the requirements of content authors, the the game has just been raised up and up. And I guess that's why you decided to just throw caution to the wind and, and do this anyway, knowing that Pixel and Tonic might be doing something similar?
1: Well, look, always willing to hear a a buyout offer Mm. (laughs) from Pixel and Tonic. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Like, I suppose the, I mean, again, Visi isn't, I don't sort of think it's the perfect solution. I still think that there's a bit more work to go uh, in terms of just the UX and how, how that sort of works. But like you say, clients are so familiar with just the, the rich text formatting options. Yep. But while that's flexible, that's also really restrictive. And I know that there's heaps and heaps of other plugins out there, even in, in Paravi. I think the guys that are behind Redactor yeah. have their own sort of block plugin set up but you know you could in the past let's say for instance we wanted to add a well actually most one of the most common things we ask is that get asked is they want to have an image and some text side by side right and that's Sort of achievable. There's a couple of ways you can tackle it. You can use, say, Redactor or any other rich text editor to have, say, an image on the left and then text on the right, and you can set it to wrap, which is okay. But then it gets really fiddly to mess around with different sizes, different alignments. What if you want more padding between the image and the text? What if you want that sort of section to break out of a, a grid?
0: What does it do on mobile versus what does it do on mobile versus desktop? Yeah. That's it. Do
1: you, want a, do you want a background color on that? Do you want a background yep. image? on that, yeah, you know, or a pattern. Right. It just gets like it's it's okay, but it's not quite good enough. So that's where you kind of want the best of both worlds, where you want to be able to say, right, I want to have a matrix block in here that's really unopinionated about how it looks, but I just want to provide content editors with field to enter text. Here's where you select your image, maybe a few options of position, select field or a drop down to say I want to. The image left or I want it right or I want it this size which is what matrix itself is really good at it's it's always been really good at detaching itself from how it looks um, right. to just worrying about getting the content in there. And then you've got so much control on the front end about how it looks.
0: So to um, help people visualize this, Josh, so I, I've been mm-hmm. playing around with Vizy a little bit. Mm-hmm. To help people visualize it, you can start out and you've got this field that it looks kind of like a rich text field where you can just start mm-hmm. like typing stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But then there's a little plus button that if you hit it, you can choose what type of block that you want to nest inside of this rich text field. So you could say, you could add, uh, you could create a block that is the image that you're talking about. You could add the image and that little block that you're adding in there could have other, in addition to the image, it could also have a caption or maybe a an accessibility text for what to read. You know, there are a bunch of things that could yeah. be associated with this image and that would be contained in that block. And then they can continue on their merry way and, and keep typing, right? So it's kind of like it will insert the these structured data matrix blocks sort of in the middle of other stuff and then you can nest them infinitely deep right so you could nest mm. one block and another block right is that is that how this kind of works
1: 100 percent. and i was very on the fence about <laughs> uh actually allowing <laughs> that just from oh. my experience with uh super table and uh, how that how that <laughs> nesting business goes but the, yeah. the way that the way that visi stores its content is all just flat JSON content. So um, there's a lot of content in there. There's rich text content, there's the Visi block content, there's heaps of other stuff. But unlike Matrix and Neo, where there's very relational data, you know, every sort of chunk of block is sort of row in the database and could do lots of queries and joins, and that can get a little bit slow. Everything Mm. is just a flat JSON serialized bit of content. So that's some real performance benefits that it's you know a lot, lot, lot faster than say a large matrix field but yeah it's uh, that serialization leads to um, you know you can you can really you've got full control over how to output it in your templates and, and whatever you need to do it so yeah it's it's really just adding blocks of content sort of in line with your other content uh, and it all feels very integrated and, and nice because you, you could achieve a very similar similar sort of, sort of thing with just matrix where you might have a rich text matrix block that contains a redactor mm-hmm. field. And you sort of say, right, well, when you want rich text, you pick the rich text block, then you pick your image with text block, and then you pick your video block and you know oh, off you go. But I think just having it integrated into the, the formatted content sort of in line with the actual text just lowers that sort of gray matrix block ocean that you
0: sort of um, <laughs> and that's what you run into with matrix blocks right so there are a couple mm. of problems that I've run into using them one is that there's a lot of chrome kind of around it you know like you've yeah. got this frame around the thing and you know so you can very easily you may not be able to see any other blocks that are on the page so mm. it's you kind of lose a little bit of context mm. and then all of the fields they need to be kind of jammed in there and then you either make tons and tons of different kinds of matrix blocks and then you've got a, a drop down menu of matrix blocks that you need you really need like auto search oh, in yeah. order to find all the ones you made or you make fewer matrix blocks, but you throw more fields into it. You know what I mm. mean? Where they might or might not need them. Neither one of those is a wonderful content authoring experience. Mm. So being able to make it so that there's a little bit less Chrome around it and you can make these little blocks that can be inserted and nested, I think is a really neat way of doing things. And the other thing is, it's just, it feels a little more natural because if I'm writing, so, I, I have a matrix builder that I use for the, the blog that I write in these mm. five minute read articles that I do, right? And I'll write some text. And then if there's a pull quote, I'll create a new pull quote matrix block and then an image and then go back to the text. If I want to move text from one place to another, it ends up being not so great because you have, yeah, to, you cut sort and of have paste. to cut it. Yeah. yeah. And cut, you have to cut be Cut from careful. one block
1: and cut it to the other and then rearrange it and then delete the block. And, uh, yeah, t- exactly
0: right. And it feels a little weird, right? I mean, it's nice. On the one hand, it's nice that you can just drag these things around. But on the other hand, there's so much Chrome there. I actually find that dragging the matrix blocks around is a pain because let's say that I've got a section down below and I'm like, you know what, that really should go in the beginning. If I have maybe a dozen matrix blocks that make up this section, right, because it's alternating text, image, quote, or whatever, I've got to manually drag... all of those things up. And it, it can be a little tiresome to, to do all that. Is Does Visi have any solution for that?
1: Mm, that that's exactly right. Like the, it, I, we find so much that dragging and dropping blocks is tedious, especially yeah. when you have lots of options. And we like to give our clients a good a good bundle of options with blocks just to be able to, it depends on the content you're adding. Um, sure. But you know, all you need is sort of five-ish sort of fields. And mm. I know that Crafts recently added the sort of a way to be able to split them into columns, into sort of four columns. But right. I think in practice that gets really messy for clients, unless it sort of makes sense to have them sort of fields, certain fields next to each other. It, can get really confusing so yes a, a matrix block might be oh, i don't know 100 100 ish pixels high but if you have enough of that on a page it can get even really tricky especially on small screens as well to just be able to move that well a lot of us. my
0: blocks take up you know two-thirds or more of the screen if it's mm. if it's a bunch of writing you know
1: yeah and then there you can you know it sort of snaps to in between another block and you go you're like oh right was that up right. one or up two or right. uh, you sort of get lost but i think for the bulk oh, maybe eighty, ninety percent of our sites all start with a rich text field. Like we're talking sort of like static pages or mm-hmm. maybe landing pages. They all really start with a rich text, like and and most of the time, those pages are wholly just rich text maybe a few images sort of in line a bit of formatting but it's pretty not boring but it's pretty standard sort of stuff so we found even just we we, um, we like to actually just watch like literally here over clients heads and just watch them as a bit of like a UX exercise that's so anything, important we just watch so we important. just watch how they use it um, mm-hmm. you know we're there for questions if they want to say oh how do you do this but we usually say look let's please just go right ahead and we want to actually watch how you interact with that's and so fast
0: fascinating isn't it Josh it's yeah, like B- it Jane Goodall with uh, with the gorillas right where she's mm. observing them from afar it's really fascinating to see the things that people are caught up on or confused by but there i've had this happen so many times because i've done the same kind of focus testing mm. where i'll just bring random people in and i'll be like just sit them down and just see what they do mm. and it's fascinating because a lot of times they get hung up on something i never would have thought they'd get hung up on totally. but when they explain to me why they were hung up on it you're like oh that makes total sense like i'm assuming way too much you know
1: totally totally and look as an aside for anyone who doesn't sort of do that sort of thing already it's not like you need to do it for every site but i'd I'd really encourage just even just when uh, like training a site with a client in craft itself or for any sort of thing that you do is just have that time to get out of your own head observe how users are actually interacting with whatever you've built and whether it be a matrix block whether it be something completely custom on your own and don't walk them through it just literally observe and just watch them do it because you can get so much information of even just a hesitancy of they go over a button but don't click it because they are not sure what repercussions of that might do so it's really really interesting stuff but case in point we would start off a blank page you'd enter the title and then you would have a uh, well depending on the size of the matrix field it's probably 20 or so blocks but you'd so you'd have a drop down because matrix sort of compacts if you've got too many blocks into a drop down it would say the drop down would say add a block and so the client would often sort of sit there for two seconds and sort of think do I like I just want to add some content what do i do here i, I guess mm. i guess i add a block click add a block and then the drop down appears and, there, and there's 20 options I go around okay <laughs> <laughs> what, do I, what do I want to do here? I guess, I think rich text. I don't know. That sounds sort of right. Click rich text. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's the redacted editor. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to type my thing here. And, you know, most of that page, maybe they've just copied it from a, a Word document. It's their terms and conditions page or something. let mm-hmm. just paste it in, hit save. Okay. That's done. So, well,
0: it's interesting, Josh. That process that you described is something hmm. that everyone has gone through, but it assumes that you know exactly what you're going to be doing ahead of time, right? It is. Hmm. That you know. And I have found that even in the process of the simple writing that I do, I don't always know ahead of time. So it's nice to be able to just be able to start writing mm-hmm. and then figure out later on maybe where a block quote should go, figure out later on where an image should go. And that's one of the things that interests me about Visi is it looks like I can just be writing a bunch of text in here. And when I decide that I want to drop a block quote in, I can just insert the block wherever it is. Mm-hmm. But I can cut and paste text around that and the block will kind of flow with it is that how it works
1: totally and you've got move handles you can you can move it up a, or mm. down a paragraph yeah it, it's it's much more in line but the the point is you know with a with a busy field or with a rich text field straight on the page it's so familiar to clients yeah so go, right yeah. i'm just gonna bang in my content and, and off i go
0: and that's what i'm saying is it the, mm. the way busy works people could approach it as if it's just a rich text field, and then they can go back later on and they can add this stuff. And it might actually be interesting. There might even be more than one person involved in this a writer who's an expert in a subject might bang out the text, and then someone who's familiar with formatting or editing, they might go back in and add some pull quotes, add some images, that kind of thing. I just I like the way that it lets you just get started, and then you can add the structure in later. I think it's just really cool. And the the thing that clicked with me is when I realized that this thing that looks like a rich text editor, I think it's actually each paragraph is kind of a block under the hood, and that's how this can seamlessly work. Is that is that the way, it was, the way it looks it works like it works it's,
1: that's exactly right so we oh, okay. the the editor itself uses a really cool bit of framework i suppose or plugin whatever you want to call it uh, it's called tiptap so for anyone anyone listening Head to tiptap.dev. They've got a really cool demo on their homepage, which is actually even cooler. It's a collaborative demo, which we'll, we'll definitely be bringing into um, Visi at some stage, where you can actually have multiple people editing the content at the same time, which is really oh, quite neat. cool. So, Tiptap itself, so Tiptap's a, a view based editor, and that itself is a layer on top of Prose Mirror. So, Prose Mirror I- against another JavaScript based editor, but that's, that's really. Oh how many
0: turtles are there here? I, I, I know. So it's busy,
1: tip tap and then Pros Mirror. So it's crazy. Okay. It's like a Jenga Tower. <laughs> a little bit more stabler than that, let's hope. So Pros Mirror is really where all of these things are they they used to be called renderless, but it's not really the term that they use. But un, un unopinionated on how you actually show it. So it means sure. that you know, we've got total control over how we actually show it in the control panel, what we do. It's a really, really nicely architected bit of software. So the the idea is that sort of getting down into the lower levels of ProseMirror itself is that ProseMirror provides all the rich text editor sort of functionality but their concept they have two sort of concepts which are nodes and marks so and that flows up through TipTap, flows up to to visi so a node in the editor is essentially a a chunk of content. So every paragraph that you add is a node. Every image that you add is a node. Every code block, I'm trying to think what else there is, every list, unordered or ordered list, they're all sort of chunks, blocks of sort of content. Within those blocks, within those nodes, you can have things called marks. And marks are really just ways to, I guess, mark up the content. So things like Mm. bold, italic, italicizing, uh, underline, they can't sort of exist on their own as as nodes because they need to be applied to say a paragraph nodes Text. So where Vizy comes in is that we've introduced. So so you know, TipTap in itself is pretty much the editor. It's the rich text editor. You know, you could you could punk that in and you'd have a, a redactor replacement essentially. We've done a little bit of extra work with integrating links with assets and all of the other elements mm. uh, like entries and also images with assets. But where Vizy comes in is a Visi block, which is the thing that you add when there's a blank line and you add the little you get the little plus button. And you want to add your own Visi block. A VisiBlock block is a custom node type. So it's essentially like your own sort of custom paragraph or similar. So the way that it works under the hood is that you, know, you can reorder nodes. This node just happens to look like a matrix block and it has. Nested sort of fields that are from Craft. So yes, sort of long-winded answer is that yeah, you can you can sort of reorder these nodes as much as you know just as you like as you would reorder a paragraph and a a list item. You could sort of reorder a visiblock within other nodes. But,
0: That's what I like about it is that it looks like it is just a rich text field, but there's actually structure under the hood. And the way that you're describing everything reminds me a lot of sanity.io and the way mm. that they work in terms of structuring their data. And they have a portable text format, which is sort of a intermediary format, kind of very similar to what you're talking about, where they've got, it's a JSON format where they've got nodes and markup and that kind of stuff. And I think it's really interesting that all of these tools are kind of converging on this way of giving people the freedom to write and. A natural way, but adding some structure to it. And I, mm. I'm looking at Vizy, and I'm looking at the way my blog works now. And I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get a little bit jealous. Like I'm starting to, to maybe <laughs> want to, to throw Vizy in there because I would like to be able to just start writing and to be able to dump images in or dump code samples in or, or any, anything that I need in there later. And it's almost like the limitations of the Matrix Builder that I have on my own site really affects the way that I work on some of these Mm. things. Mm. And maybe there are some positives to it, but there are some negatives to it as well. Like if I'm reading my article and I've got a section all the way at the bottom and it has eight different Matrix blocks in it, and I really think that that section should go up at the top somewhere. I you might could, just leave it down at the <laughs> I might just leave it down at the bottom, because you know I mean? it's just like I don't want to have to drag that all the way up there. It's not that bad the way it is, hmm. but then you think about it, and you're like, well, that means the technology is affecting the final product that I'm making, and I think that's yeah. that's unfortunate, you know?
1: Yeah, it's getting it's getting in the way a little bit. So
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and and look, big um, massive props to Neo as well to guys at Spicy Web have done a really good job with that in just in sort of just thinking about how matrix works in a in a different way and and definitely taken some of those ideas like most on on just about every site that we've ever done we have to use tabs for our Mm. matrix box because it just gets way way too uh, there's just too way too much sort of field noise and we like to give our clients options so with it with a Visi block you can have multiple tabs it's a must-have for us on 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 any site and you know maybe one day matrix will in, introduce it itself. and there's there's sort of two other plugins that can let you do sort of similar things spoon and matrix mate um, yep. are, are really cool to check out but it's one of those things that helps with that lowering that um that visual noise of, of fields because the rule of thumb is that the immediately visible fields in a matrix block should only be the ones that i guess i guess that are sort of like the primary fields so if you have text image image position lots and lots of other fields you know there's there's sort of secondary and primary and secondary field content there clients aren't necessarily going to always pick switch between images on particular sides they really only need to change that once and set and forget whereas the text probably wants to be always visible and uh you know because they might want to change it but yeah that's that's sort of the the scoop on uh uh, visi i suppose
0: well it's interesting that you mentioned neo because Mm. i think neo and visi have some similarities but i want to bring a little bit of my history back into this thing because Mm. i used to develop system-level Mac software. And I knew a lot of other people in the business that did the same thing. And every year, we would go to WWDC and we would have a product death watch, right? So we were were basically... waiting to see which of our products that Apple was essentially going to kill off by building into their operating system. Yep. And the reason it's relevant is, you know, what you're doing here with Vizy and what Spicy Web is doing with Neo and what a lot of plugin developers are doing with the stuff that they're building is we're kind of filling in the gaps, right? So we're saying, you know, we love craft, there's wonderful things about it, but it would be better if it could do this or it's lacking in this particular area. And that's one of the reasons why having a plugin ecosystem is so important is that that can happen because, you know, the the mothership can't build everything. But there also is a limited window in terms of if your idea is really, really good, eventually they're going to do it, (laughs) you know? And so that was something that happened to us quite often. Are you worried about that? Are you worried that Pixelatonic is going to come out with their own long form content? editor thing tomorrow and just effectively kill your product
1: not really like i've talked to brandon at at length over many years really about you know where matrix is headed more importantly to sort of on the super table side of things to just at least plan or get some sort of vision about what's what's going to happen where it's going to go i bet Um, you can't wait
0: till they take over the (laughs) (laughs) Oh (laughs) look
1: i am i am I, I'm probably the most excited person to see what they do with Matrix, and uh, and um, from from <laughs> the chats that we've had, they've got some really interesting ideas that might um, that might sort of tip it on its head, but it might not. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, look, I would be keen to see what that they any solution that they come up with. If I have to retire Vizzy in the next <laughs> six months or whenever Craft Four or whenever they want to do it comes out, I'm I'm okay with that. Wow, um, you
0: are quite optimistic, Josh. <laughs>
1: i don't i don't really mind like at the end of the day it's all about uh, like our clients like it's th- this whole pretty much every plugin that we've done is it comes from a client need or a client suggestion or right. just our observation of clients where there's a problem here needs to be fixed whether that's us in the short term whether that's craft in the long term whether that's something else in 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 the long term whatever they <laughs> Yeah, we're not well, too choosy.
0: Well, you're you're optimistic in your attitude about that, but I meant you're optimistic in Craft Four coming out in six months. <laughs> I, oh, think I, that's I,
1: say, I say I six months, but yes, six years. Who
0: knows? I would love it if it was six months. I just don't know. Well, so okay. <laughs> the other way that I think Neo and Vizy are similar is that they are storing user content, and this is a mm. hangup that a lot of people I've seen are they're kind of on the fence about. Right now, uh,
1: yeah,
0: sure. I don't I don't know how on the fence they really are because I look at the the best selling plugins and Neo is always up there, right? So mm. while there are people saying, Oh, I don't know if I want the user content to be in a third party field, I don't want it locked in there, on the other hand, Neo seems to be selling quite well. So mm. you know, maybe maybe it's a vocal minority that is saying that I don't know. But what would you say to people who are saying wow, I love this idea of Vizzy. I love the flexibility that it would give my content authors, but I'm, I'm worried that my content is going to be locked into this thing and... In fairness, you know, when Craft 3 came out, there was a pretty decent delay in Neo coming over. And I'm not going to blame Spicy Web for that. There were a bunch of things going on that were the reason yeah. for that. But, you know, that that can happen. What what do you say to people that are worried about it? And with Craft 4 imminent, yeah. should I be worried about putting my content into Vizzy?
1: Mm, I'd say probably two things to that. One is that the content stored from, from Vizzy is stored as JSON. It's actually mm. in the craft content database table Mm -hmm. uh, it's in its own sort of column just like any other text field like a a plain text field so once the json's in there if you uninstall visi for instance and you wanted to still access that field content you would just you would have to do a lot of stuff on your own to sort of deserialize the json and loop through it and you'd miss all the nice little things that the visi plugin does to help you along with deserializing that but at the end of the day, you do actually have that content. It's stored in block content. If you wanted to swap the Visi field for your own tip tap editor in the control panel plugin, it would probably work just fine. Mm. Um apart from maybe the custom the custom block stuff, which is a, a Visi block. So the content is definitely there. It's not sort of like its own sort of database table, like like Matrix, Neo, and Super Table all do. The other point is that from the very start of I don't even know how many years it was ago, but probably maybe five years ago when SuperTable came out, people that conversation took place is that people were sure. unsure about storing their content in separate content tables in the database, and that's very you know locked into it. And what happens if, if you uninstall SuperTable, or your content just all of a sudden disappears? So there's even something in SuperTable that doesn't delete all the content tables when you uninstall the SuperTable plugin, so your content you know, never never actually disappears disappears mm. and what's really interesting about that is that no one's ever really people were vocal about it at the the start i can recall and so i put that in place but really nobody's ever we've had more people complain that when are uninstalling the plugin there's leftover fields from super table than anybody <laughs> complaining that does keep the fields there so it's an it's an interesting conversation that i think people flag it right. but maybe don't necessarily mind it's it's hard to it's hard to gauge
0: well, I think it depends on the company that makes the product and your faith in them because I think that you know part of the thing is, When people are upgrading, say, from Craft 2 to Craft 3 and they had to wait because certain plugins weren't available yet or or whatever, that's when the frustration comes in, right? Because it's beyond their control to some extent. Mm -hmm. They could try to do something and, and get the content out and put it in some other format, but it's a whole lot of work to do that. But if you're working with a company that... You know, is is actively working on stuff as you clearly are, because you have come out with a whole bunch of new plugins recently, more robust plugins than I've seen anyone else coming out with in terms of new stuff lately. Mm. You know, I think I think a lot of it is going to be just people's confidence in the the company in terms of mm. how involved is this person, are they going to be around, are they responsible, and then. The other part is that Pixel and Tonic, or at least Brandon, has stated that there will be migration paths for these things going forward. So that's, he said that about Neo and he said that about Supertable. And, you know, so it looks like they recognize that keeping the the content active and lively and and moving forward is going to be an important thing for for them as well. Right. Because it would reflect poorly on craft CMS as well. If people couldn't upgrade because they had all their content in some field, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm looking, I'm actually really honestly think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to, by Vizzy, and I think I'm going to install it on my site. I don't know when because... Give
1: give it a try. Yeah, see what you think. I'd be very interested to see how it goes.
0: I'm not sure when because I also have plans to redo my site. I want to redo uh, the front end I want to do in Mm -hmm. Nuxt, and I'm waiting for Nuxt 3 to come out. I don't want to do it now Because we're kind of like on the precipice of Nuxt 3 coming out. So I don't want to do it now. So I don't know. I'm not sure when the timing of it is. But I I do want to do it. Because I think it will make the process of writing the blogs, for me, I think it'll make it a lot nicer. And I'm Mm. interested in doing it. And then also... I think it's going to make sense. I do think that Vizi is going to be a popular plugin. So I want to make sure that I get support for SEOmatic in there like so that people mm. could pull descriptions and that type of stuff from the various blocks that are in Vizi. So it's going to make sense for me to do it anyway at some point. But I, I think it's a really, really neat plugin. How has the reception been so far?
1: Uh, positive. Yeah, a lot of people are really interested. I've definitely got you know, a few sort of things to work out with There's sort of basic GraphQL support, but um, hmm. I'm currently working on sort of more advanced GraphQL support. No, it's really good. A lot of people just have been sort of mentioning new features and new things they want to do. Should be good.
0: Now, are you using Vizy on your verb.io website yet?
1: No, no. That's oh, still, no. It's still, it's still <laughs> a couple of versions behind. I think it's on maybe version craft 3.0 three i think it's like anything like your your own site
0: i know know,
1: your own agency (laughs) site well apart from apart from maybe yours because you're so prolific on on blogging it but uh, it's it's so common that your own site just gets neglected uh, whether it's design or whether it's the thing so yes i i probably should be changing
0: that oh no trust me other than blog content my site is very neglected (laughs) like i think it's still um it's still a gulp build process that it that is used for that site i think but real quick, I want to talk about this other plugin that you have called Formy. Mm. And so, first of all, I'm looking at the names of your plugins, and they're so Australian, there's a, right? There's a pattern, <laughs> you, isn't there. <laughs> it's just so awesome because I get some friends of mine from Australia were just like, I might just add, uh, you know, add an e to the, shorten it, and then add an e to the end of it, and that'll be your your new thing, you know. It's so you generally got the rule
1: for anything Australian is you've got yeah. to abbreviate it. So yeah. there's there's Formy, there's Posty, yeah, uh, there's Visy, yeah. <laughs> You just gotta have that. Just gotta have that sound on it.
0: That's I'm so. surprised Super Table isn't Tabby, and you know.
1: <laughs> oh, I could change it.
0: And then CP Nav should be Navi, although that was an old Expression Engine plugin, wasn't yeah, it? That's true. Navi, yeah, you're,
1: getting in, you're getting into the old Expression Engine side of it. There.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I want to talk about for me. This is again. This, this is really funny, and I think this is this is one of the things I love about you is that you do things because you think it's the right thing to do, even in the face of challenges. So I remember you were talking to me about this for me plugin a while ago, and I was just like, oh man, I don't know if I'd do a forms plugin. Like they are a lot of work and it's a lot of work. And they also, you've also, you got cell that they've got five different form plugins and they've got sprout. They've got a, a form plugin. I'm like, do you really want to get involved in that? And I think in your characteristic style, you're kind of like, oh, mate, yeah, I know, but I think I'm going to give it a go, you know? And <laughs> That's <laughs>
1: That's makes just Just sat myself down Say, oh, yeah, no, no worries, mate.
0: No, we'll get it done. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome, mate. We can do this, huh? And That's it. So you ended up doing For Me anyway, which I think is, you know, because this is, again, a situation where I think I mentioned to you. I'm like, I don't know if I'd do it, man, because, you know, obviously Form plugins are popular. If you look at the sales thing or whatever in the store, the mm-hmm. various salespace Forms plugins and the Sprout Forms plugin, they're always up there in the sales. So obviously there's a demand for it but it was it's also like a lot of work to build these things. So what made you decide that the world, the craft world needed another form plugin, despite having a bunch of stuff from Space, despite having stuff from Sprout? Like what made you decide we needed a new one?
1: Well, I'll tell you that I certainly sat down and looked in the mirror and had that same conversation with myself many times <laughs> thinking, why are you doing this? Um, look, it, it really started from a couple of years worth of frustration from our clients. Again, mm. it was just us observing, us getting feedback, us getting support requests, either the actual functional side of it where things weren't working or missing features or mm. or just being able to use it in the control panel. So ah. really, this if you wanted to put a single goal down to form is that we wanted to provide Content editors are a really nice way to manage their forms. That's that's pretty much the mission statement of of for me.
0: It sounds like you wanted your clients to stop complaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably as simple as that, really. Um, so look, the the options there were, you know, we either spend a lot of time putting a, a pull request to you know, an existing plugin to, you know, <laughs> revamp the control panel interface of it, which probably isn't going to fly too well for other people's plugins, because right. developers, including myself, are all very precious and... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a lot of work, really, as well. We so, all think
0: our baby is just the cutest one, don't we? That's a good analogy, <laughs> isn't it?
1: <laughs> so we could have gone down that path, but it was it, it was just. Uh, we just went all in really with it and decided to have a go. And look, I think it's come out pretty well. We're really happy with Formy. A lot of people seem to be happy with Formy, and I guess uh, maybe in agreement with us with the, the UX and the UI and the, the content editing side of things. And yeah, it's really just from here on out, it's features, features, features.
0: Well, it's, most people are familiar with a forms plugin. Basically, they allow someone in the back end to come up with a form, and then there's some way to display it on the front end, and then the user can enter data and it gets captured and things can happen, like emails can be sent, all that kind of good stuff. But it sounds like the angle that you took with ForMe wasn't necessarily reinventing the wheel. You wanted to write something that had a good content authoring experience, or at least a content authoring experience that the clients you work with were happy with. Is that... Kind of the angle that you went with for ForMe was you were focusing totally, on the UX. Totally
1: correct. So we spent six to twelve months just on the the control panel, the, the, mm. the uh, yeah, the not the front end, but the control panel front end, yep. uh, and just getting that working really well. And threw it in front of a couple of clients just to gauge their interest. And again, just watching how they use it and sort of using getting them to use a prototype. And they sort of obviously gave us feedback on that. And you know, we iterated on that and it's it was it was the the core thing that we wanted to focus on and then you know the easy part of just making it work
0: <laughs> that's very cool i mean I'm, I'm very impressed with both of these plugins. And I think that it, it's one of those situations where, first of all, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. But I love it when I'm wrong about something and it ends up working out so spectacularly well. And both of these plugins, no, I mean, I'm being honest, like both of these plugins, if it were me, I wouldn't have done them. And I wouldn't, mm. it, they would not have made them. But you ended up doing it. And I think they ended up turning out so good. In retrospect, you look back and you're like, of course, it makes sense to do this. You know? Mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. Yeah.
1: Oh, look, and it was certainly a risk. And I'd, I'd like to say that, you know, I've read books of how you can look at competitive products and, you know, if you can do it better, it doesn't matter if there's competitors out there, right. but in, in reality, we, we did just take a risk and we thought, i you know, we believed in it. We thought we could do it, and you know, the reception's been really good. And look, it's been—it is particularly difficult in in the craft ecosystem because of the the volume, um, right—to you know, be able to support and you know, sales and stuff. But yep. you know, we've been we've been pretty pleas- pleasantly surprised with the uptake on it, and yeah, you know, it's more than enough to, to support it and keep it going. And you know, Formy's here for a while now, I think.
0: Well, I am being serious that I am very likely going to be installing Vizzy <laughs> and giving it a go on my website. And mm. I am probably going to be pestering you with questions about integrations with SEomatic to make sure because it already pulls from super table fields and neo blocks and that type of thing. Mm. So it's going to make sense to have it support pulling from the the blocks that you have. And I Hi. think it's actually pretty clever the way that you did it. You're using an array access class or something like that that mm. effectively lets you treat the JSON the way you you could query the JSON kind of the way that you can query matrix blocks, even though mm. they're they're in the database. And, and your stuff is not. So I want to try and get it integrated with that. But
1: we'll um, we'll make it work together.
0: No, for sure. I mean, it's going to make sense, right? So first hmm. of all, if I'm going to be using Vizy on my site, I'm going to make it work with SEO managers <laughs> because I have a very okay. selfish vested interest in making sure that that happens. But even if I wasn't using it, I do think that this is something that people are going to want. So it's going to make sense for us to do it. But I want, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So we're just winding down here. Are you still using Sublime for editing all of your code? Is that a thing?
1: Uh, You'll, uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm even still using Sublime Text 2 just to rub salt in the wounds there.
0: Wow, and you know it's it's funny. This is not. I'm not putting you down at all because I know Taylor Otwell, for instance, he uses Sublime too. That's you know, it. it. Only
1: like all the smart people, all the smart yeah. developers use Sublime. So you know,
0: it's the elite <laughs> developers. But okay, but here I think Taylor is in a unique position though because he's the one that's writing the framework. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't mm. need any of these advanced lookup features because he knows everything. He wrote the whole framework that it's it's using. Mm. But. In in any event, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, Josh. I mean, I wrote SEO the first SEOmatic when I was learning PHP and learning Craft. I wrote that using Sublime, mm-hmm. and then I had a number of people that, including Patrick and, and Brad and Brandon, they're all just like, "What are you doing? Like, try PHP Storm." And the first thing I did is I opened up my project in PHP Storm, and it showed all of these errors and hints and stuff. I yeah. was <laughs> so yeah. like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Oh man!" But now. I don't know how I could write without it. I mean, I probably could, but it's just, it's so much nicer. I don't
1: know. Oh, look, I I totally understand the benefits. It's really, a lot of it's just down to, well, part of it is down to time, but the other part is probably just because I just, (laughs) I just don't, don't like change. I've just, I've just Mm. got my, my little setup. It's plain and simple. It's no frills, but I, I know that, for everybody's sake, it would be better so to you know, get with the get with the times, really. But like most of my co-workers use uh, either Perch, Storm or IntelliJ, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, you know, they they they're always. Oh, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, it. Josh, Josh, Josh. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you don't like change, and then you're and then you're rewriting. You know, you're basically making a new forms plugin. You're making a new rich content plugin. You're okay with change? <laughs>
1: just, I'm just a man of contradictions, I suppose. I don't know. I guess so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. I have every episode sent to you. Subscribe to our RSS feed and do all those kinds of good stuff. And I'm not even looking at my notes here. So thank you for coming on, Josh.
1: No right, Thanks for having me.
0: Talking oh, to somebody I was, else, I and was I gonna said, it. "Yeah, I was talking to somebody else, and I mentioned that I was thinking about doing a, a pull request to add a VEAT build system to to one of your plugins, you know." And they were just like, "Good luck!" I'm still trying to get them to use PHP.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who was that?
0: I I cannot I cannot kiss oh. and tell. How dare you? you know? I cannot do that. That's fine. I can't do that. But you no, see, that was I great. I
1: um, I even use. You'll be shocked, but I, I even use a. Um, an email client called Sparrow, which is like, ah, um, oh, it's maybe like seven years old, but it's like it's no longer supported. The team got bought out by Google mm. to make like Google Inbox, if you can remember that. Yeah. But um, I still use that for my like email client. But it's actually it's actually got to the point where I'm like, every time I upgrade to Mac OS, I'm yeah. I'm always astounded.
0: It by still how works. well it actually
1: works. So now it's more just an it's more just a like an intrigue thing where I'm like, is this gonna finally break the email client? I yeah. it's it's probably it's weirdly my inspiration for programming because I'm like, man, I, w- I want to be able to code that well.
0: That mm. it
1: lasts like seven years past its like last update. <laughs> uh, anyway. But does the credit so, go yes. to
0: them or does the credit go to Apple? For making Rosetta and Rosetta Two and everything so backwards compatible, you know, good, I mean, I don't know. Ready to go somewhere. <laughs> I get is. it, though, man. Like you either you only have so much time in a day, and <laughs> uh, you decide to spend that time on revamping the tooling and learning something new, or you decide to spend the time on building something. I get it. That's it. I get it. No, I right. just stopping just the un- recording. Un- yeah, stopping the.